As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Star Wars 7x7 episode 3066. Today we're going to do our deeper dive episode into episode 12 of Andor season 1. And we're going to talk about how oppression is the mask of fear, as Nemec says in part of his monologue when Cassian is reading slash listening to the audiobook version of Nemec's manifesto. And how that has manifested, no pun intended, with the Empire's activities during this final episode of the season. Punch it! Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7, your daily dose of Star Wars joy and thank you so much for joining me for it. So the way in which the Empire's oppression manifests in this particular episode is twofold. One of them is very visceral in terms of the events that happen on Rick's Road, the riot that develops and the Empire for all intents and purposes started it. I mean not even going back through the history of the Empire on Ferrix and the bad things that they've been doing there. I'm talking about the way that they dealt with the funeral for Marva Andor. Now, Marva's last message, her funereal message, exhorts the people of Ferrix to fight the Empire, but she also refers to the fact that they've been sleeping, and it's easy to see a situation where if the Empire had just let the funeral happen and reduced their presence entirely, just weren't even seen around there, what are the chances that people would have just started going straight to the hotel to tear down the Empire. That seems rather unlikely. You can imagine Salman Pak's son going to the hotel to try to throw that bomb in there because he has a very personal reason to be bringing a vendetta against the Empire, but nothing that happened with Marva was because of the Empire. They did not cause her death in any particular way, so there was no reason for the residents of Rick's Road to go after the Empire unless the Empire made them do it for all intents and purposes. And certainly that ridiculous provost guy trying to throw his coat over Marva's hollow projection and then kicking B2 over, oh yeah, that was the spark that lit the fire under the residents of Rick's Road. And the very visible tools of oppression were already in place with all those riot troopers with their shields and whatnot, and the suppressing fire, the stormtroopers up on the balconies ready to pick people off, right? Like all of those elements were there. It was the powder keg that everybody said it was, and the Empire basically made it that way. But 
you know, that oppression, it's masking fear. It's masking fear of those people on Rick's Road and what they might do, which is go against the empire, go against tyranny. So that's one very visible way that Nemec's manifesto is made a demonstrable reality in this final episode of the Andor series. The other way happens mostly off screen, but it's still a demonstration of the oppressiveness which masks fear. And that has to do with wiping out Krieger and his team during their attack on the station at Spellhouse. So we don't get to see it because it's basically over before it's begun, according to the ISB. And Blevin hears about it because of somebody passing by his office saying, hey, you're missing out on all the fun. And when he gets there, he finds out that they've all been killed, but Dedra, hearing about this, is extremely unhappy. She wanted people captured alive, and considering what she's been able to do with Dr. Gorst and the information she's been able to get out of people when they're captured alive, like you can definitely see why <laughs> she's mad about that. But as Major Pardigaz says, this operation was about wiping the taste of Aldani out of the Emperor's mouth, which we know for a fact that Krieger had nothing to do with the Aldani operation. And it seems like the ISB also is aware of that because Pardigaz says, you want to have a conversation to Dedra, go find Axis. So they know that Axis is not Krieger, and by extension, they must know Krieger is not part of the Aldani situation. But the Emperor is about oppression, and the Emperor is afraid of uprisings that could question his control over the galaxy, or the burgeoning control that he's trying to get over the galaxy. Or perhaps the ISB is the oppressive animal that is fearful, and they're just saying, yeah, we're trying to reassure the Emperor because we feel really badly about this and he's gonna make problems for us. So it's <laughs> that sort of thing where the Preox Morlana Corporate Authority were not necessarily the worst people. Having the Empire come would be even worse. Having the ISB come is even worse than that, but having the Emperor focus on you is the absolute worst. But no matter which level of jackboot is coming down on you, the fact remains the same, that we are still seeing acts of oppression masked as fear. The complete wipeout of Krieger is definitely a fearful situation as opposed to deciding to capture some of them alive. So that, of course, means that Dedramiro is probably the most dangerous character that we've seen in the series. And my goodness, I hope they bring her back for season two and have her get another shot at Luthen and Cassian because, yeah, it, it's a bummer that there was no face-off between them in any meaningful way, but that's okay. That's the way the story unfolded, and I'm fine with that, but I would love to see the possibility of future interactions in Season 2. And the last thing I'll flag for you is the fact that we see Lonnie, the ISB agent, who is a double agent working for Luthen, in that scene where they're talking about the Krieger raid being over before it started, and there's nothing about his behavior that suggests that he is having second thoughts about the situation that he's in. You know, he definitely wasn't keen on the idea of losing Krieger and all his men. He wanted to see them rescued as a result of the information that he shared with Luthen, but they weren't. But he seems to be fully invested in his role in that particular scene. And we haven't heard anything about him saying my health and my wife's import business or anything like that. So 
I think it would be cool to see if he shows up at the beginning of season two as well. So there you go. That's what I've got for you today as far as the deeper dive into Nemec's manifesto and how we see that demonstrated in the events of the finale of the Andor series season one. And that is going to do it for this episode of the show. It just remains for me to say thank you so much for joining me for it as always. And may the force be with you wherever in the world you may be. Is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox, and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and/or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited. Other respective trademark and copyright holders may the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2021 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.